0: Havili was magic. The
1: shift on for Crotty. Boom! Far down you go, Quagget Smith. Me, oh my! I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, enjoy. Draft rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Welcome to episode 24 of season five of the Draft Rugby Show. I'm joined by my brother Nelson as we uh, work through the Super Rugby semi-finals, grand finals, and the. All Blacks and Wallabies squad, so we got a fair bit to digest today. Nelson, how are you going?
0: Yeah, mixed, mixed really. Uh, I'm very excited for the final coming up. i really disappointed. I think the Brumbies were hard done by, as was my fantasy side. Very similar circumstances, but uh, yeah,
1: happy to be a part of it. Yeah, you did lose two out of two, so you can't feel too hard done by. Kagi's gone 4-0 on you this year. So not. It's not like you were close against him, mate. He's had a pretty good run. Oh, okay. I got 100% against you, so. Uh, mate, I don't even know what you're talking about. I only, I only register the players that I'm in the competition with now, and that's Kargi, and I'm 2-0 and on him. I went 5-0. and Against Blake to get through to the grand finals, which is just an absolute spanking. That was good fun. Not sure he
0: deserved to be in the finals, really. So you
1: also he also picked from Europe from Europe. So you had an easy run. That's right. I've made sure kagi has the vid, which is why he's not here now. And he he won't be he does have the coat. I hope he does because he won't be drafting live and I'll just have a clean sweep ready for my fifth championship. He's got, the, he's got the man for it. Jeez, he's got distracted very quickly. We weren't going to talk about this. Anyway, <laughs> so we do have a little bit to talk about. Let's talk about, obviously, the three big games and then let's talk test footy as well. Um, we will share some slides on this one. So if you're watching on, uh, on YouTube, you will have a little bit more info to kind of look through there, but we'll try and talk through most of the things that we're actually doing anyway. So hopefully you're not missing out if you're not on there. So let's kick off with the entree. For the night, well, yeah.
0: Uh, the, obviously, the, like the first game of the week, the first semi final for Super Rugby Pacific, uh, was the Crusaders taking on the Chiefs. Went the way we expected. The Crusaders got the win, twenty to seven, against the Chiefs. But I mean, there was a couple of big cards in this one, and and a little bit contentious uh, around a few things here. The the first one was obviously the Quinn Tapia card, the yellow card. How did you see that one happening?
1: Yeah, I would just say, look, we're going to get right into airing grievances off the bat because <laughs> yep. we've got a pretty big dessert in yep. store, actually main probably bigger than the main course this week, which is my favourite kind of meal. Um, but, uh, yeah, basically, first of all, I think everyone saw this one, Quinter Um, gets caught for a yellow card when Pablo Matera slips into contact. You think he drops the ball and kind of dives after it. And Tapaya just puts his arm down, reaching down. He's bent at the knees. He's a little bent at the waist and just kind of like slaps him across the face. And they go, okay, like send it upstairs, there's head high contact. And apparently – no head-high contact, no, no matter for what circumstances, can possibly be anything other than a yellow card or red card because this was an absolute tickle. If anything, he just kind of combed through Pablo Matera's hair and then he sat on the bench for 10 minutes. It was absolutely ridiculous. And just another week, we talk about this every week, another week, It doesn't know how many games there are, there's still a ridiculous red card or yellow card, so I can't wait to talk about that next week. This is a joke.
0: That wasn't the only card, Pablo was involved in oh, plenty. Weekend.
1: He was in so many. <laughs>
0: um so yeah, look, the, the first of Pablo's two cards was definitely a it was a team, a, a team uh offense, right? Like he was the last one to get penalized. Uh and and therefore saw himself sitting on the sideline. But then it wasn't long before he got carded again.
1: Yeah, a head high tackle, another, another ill discipline move by him. I thought in my head, it was probably the right call, yellow. Um, but of course, that means that he's had two yellow cards in a game, which jumps to a red, and he was off for the rest of the match. You've got some pretty great stats. Yeah. Well, let's talk about. You're going to talk about the review about why he wasn't benched.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why? Why he's not going to face any ban? So the the quote has come out that he won't face a ban because there's no pattern of concern.
1: So now hold on, I would just say he's had. Four yellows this season, is that correct? Four yellows. Two of them are for uh, ill-discipline for teams. Yep. And one was a tip tackle and one was a head-high tackle, yep. right? So there's not really a consistent pattern there of anything, is there? Uh, except for being penalised regularly and being carded regularly. So You, two... don't, you don't get benched <coughs> for your team giving away yellows, though. Well, eh? like not, not for a ban.
0: But if we if we talk about the yellow cards themselves, this one could have quite easily been a red
1: card. Um, and I think if but he it, wasn't, it wasn't, but it wasn't, and they obviously determined it wasn't, so you can't say, Well, it was almost a red, well, there's, no, I mean, there's no yellow, like one. I, I mean,
0: well, we've talked about it before, they're not very consistent. But he oh, his, it's a joke. His previous one, where on Pattaya, in next to a ruck, tips him and dumps oh, him on his head, like, like that was red for that days. was one of the worst red cards I have seen at least this year, if not over a number of years, and mm. he got yellow carded and didn't face a ban so i'm sorry there is a there is a pattern here he has been he got away with it last time and he's getting away with it again there's clearly a pattern for me there.
1: yeah I mean, he's, he's, he's definitely ill disciplined i'll give you that a pattern to turn yellows into reds i can't see i think where and i'm the same pat- i think he's dirty but Sorry, I don't think he's dirty. I think he has a pattern of poor behaviour that's leading to these cards from dangerous play. But I think you and I are both tainted by the fact that we believe he should have at least one red this season, potentially two. two. Yeah. But that's not how it's been decided on. They basically see it as two yellow cards.
0: If, if we look over previous seasons Super Ruby, he's had numerous yellow cards through the vast majority of the seasons he's played as well. Yeah. I think maybe one clean season. But, I mean, realistically, the thing is this year is he played 754 minutes. Mm-hmm. If we don't if we don't look at the time he actually sat in the naughty chair, but the time he actually missed due to his bands, every 9.5 minutes of play, he has spent a minute on the sideline missing out because of his actions. So how how does that work? Three yellows and a red? Three yellows and a red, and he missed oh, because
1: of the whole game. Yeah, 49 hours.
0: minutes of of that red. That doesn't include how clearly red the, the other one was. Like, I mean, he has missed. A humongous amount of rugby. Almost 10%. To yeah, and
1: almost 10% of his footy he's been sitting on the bench because of ill discipline.
0: I put that up on Twitter and someone said, oh, but two of them, same point as you, were, you know, team cards. Yes, that is working in his favour because that meant he wasn't on the
1: field getting red carded like he should be every other moment he's been doing throughout the year. Well, it's fair to say those 10 minutes that he was on the bench, <laughs> if he kept up his average, he was going to be substituted for one minute of those anyway. Yes. <laughs> So It saved him to get those that's two yellow true. cards. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Look, he's definitely a bit of a um, a bit of a wild card. I don't know. I still kind of want to pick him in the finals, though. I do. I do. You know, Kagi doesn't listen to our so yeah. That's say true. whatever you like. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, let, let's move on. Anyway, the, the cards. We will not go a week without talking about it. I don't want to when we set these things up, but I'm just always so angry about them. Yeah. I just can't help it. Anyway, tries. So the big one for me, I think the turning point of the game was the Crusaders were a man down their line for about 10 minutes. The, uh, the Chiefs were attacking the line, scrum after scrum after scrum after scrum. I think they had 15 scrums, the Chiefs themselves. They won 13 of them. They looked like they would score for all money. And then all of a sudden there's a turnover. And then the Crusaders get the ball from a five-metre scrum and they go the length of the field and they score after a phase. And all of a sudden that makes the score 13-0. And to me, immediately I thought game over.
0: Yep. I mean, it's it's pretty big to be able to do that, men down. And and it really puts a dampener on the Chiefs who, you know, don't want to be chasing the game against the Crusaders. That, that blew it out a little bit closer to that two-try mark. Um but the, the Chiefs had plenty of pull. They had plenty of opportunities throughout this one. The Crusaders, in fact, had a record for the amount of tackles that they made. We had 219 tackles. Um, depends where you look. We also saw 220, 222. Hmm. Either way, they had a record amount of tackles. So they had to be on point in defence throughout this match. And, I mean, clearly they, they were – they let in one try – Throughout this eighty minutes, when they didn't have the ball for a lot of the time, they had thirty-eight percent of possession compared to sixty-two percent. Um, mind you, they had a decent amount of territory; they had fifty-five percent of the territory. So they knew how to play in the right part of the footy uh, footy field, even without the footy in hand.
1: And how about despite that field position, it must have been all between the the twenty-two and the fifty. The time in opposition twenty-two. The Crusaders had 56 seconds. The Chiefs had 10 minutes and 21 seconds. They were just camped there. I, I can't help but think a lot of that was before the uh, Crusaders scored that kind of turnover try off that bad Gatlin pass I mentioned earlier, and they had six or seven scrums in a row in that space. But that is still an absurd amount of time. The thing that I find really interesting, and, and, and everyone talked about how good the Crusaders' defence was, I think the Chiefs' attack was incredibly poor. I think, first of all, uh, Peter Gusso Akula, how he didn't score that try, I have no oh. idea. He gets the ball and all he had to do was canter to the line. Instead, he's looking around like he needs to give the inside ball, slows down and then there's a miraculous save from one of the, the Crusaders players. I don't remember who it was now. But, man, what the hell? Just just jog to the line and put it yeah. down. What yeah. the that, hell was that about? That really showed a lack of killer
0: instinct. But they also had, two, I think, two opportunities where all they had to do is give low clean ball and he was scoring a try. It was either a woeful pass or, you know, something ridiculous that stopped that opportunity for them. So they, they had the opportunities and they didn't convert it into points. I, I
1: love how the I was looking for stats that kind of explained how one-dimensional they were. My favourite is the Crusaders made 219 tackles. The Chiefs made 219 passes. <laughs> <laughs> so that means they averaged one pass per attack. And that, like, <laughs> the ridiculous thing is, I think Mwanga made like 20 or 30 passes total. Sorry, not Mwanga, Gatland. Yeah. Like 20 or 30 passes. And, um, I, th- I think, um, what's his name? Brad Weber, made like 160, like almost every single pass. Yeah. So clearly they were either picking and going every single time or just getting, passing what, yeah, passing from the base to one of the loose forwards to kind of hit up. And it was like, I, I get it. The Crusaders have a lightning back line. They put a lot of pressure on you. You need to go through the middle. But surely at some point you have to put a kick well, in or, or grubber. or. We
0: know, I mean, they picked Juani at 15. We know how the Chiefs play. They, they play expansive footy and. And try to catch her out. And I mean...
1: What was the point of having you under there? If that's how you're going to play the game, what the hell was the point of picking it?
0: It makes no sense. No. So, I mean, realistically, it it felt more... I feel like it surely wasn't a failing of planning. They didn't plan to do that. Mm. But when they got into that moment, they didn't have the people step up and anyone control that game like they needed to be controlled.
1: Yeah, it was probably the first time in a long time that I thought for this season Gatlin just wasn't able to direct the ship. Yeah. And I I thought he's had an exceptional season. Credit to him. He's really exceeded expectation. But in this game, I just don't think they had the direction they needed. Um, I I also love that um, the Crusaders had four line breaks to the Chiefs too, despite the tiny amount of possession they had. It just shows that they are the masters of striking at any opportunity. You know, you give them one chance and all of a sudden they break your line and score a try. It's just amazing how good they are with that kind of footy.
0: Interesting. Interesting, another thing for me, and, and we'll touch on it a little bit in the, the preview of the, of the next week. But the, the Crusaders here had 13 penalties conceded compared to the eight for the Blues. Yeah, so yes, I uh, don't get me wrong, they were defending a lot of the, the time. Yeah. So the Chiefs, they, they def- were defending a lot of the time, but they also gave away a lot of penalties. Um, and it, it is something for me throughout this year they have been patchy. The Blues have been patchy as as well, but there's just not this clinical clean Crusaders that I, I think at points, you know, we, we've seen this year, but we're, you know, it seemed seem to be every single week in the but last I, few
1: years. But I feel like that's always how it's been, you know, like the Crusaders and the All Blacks the same. They're always happy to give away a penalty, even a card, as long as they're not giving you points, they'll back themselves to hold you out. But as soon as they feel like they're under too much pressure, they just give away a penalty to try and kill the ball so that you don't get that flow. So I feel do, do, like that. Do you is... think
0: there was thirteen of those penalties in this match?
1: I think there was a fair few, yeah, because a lot of them were were on the on the line. Not thirteen of them, but probably half of those, yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: it's not a bad assessment.
1: Yeah, it's, um, still, it's still quite. I mean... st- it's not a huge amount of penalties either. 13 like it's a little bit, but it's it's, not... it's just a lot more. Than, yeah.
0: than the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's hard to get penalized when you have the ball the entire game, though. Mm, Going inside,
0: any <laughs> players can do it.
1: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so exceptional defensive and counter-attacking strike power from the Crusaders, and it was a bit of a Richie Mo <laughs> masterclass as well. Yep. Um, and then the uh, the Chiefs threw everything at them, but I think just a bit too one-dimensional on the day.
0: The the following match after this one was the Blues taking on the Brumbies, Blues edging this one 20 to 19. Uh, to, to be honest, we don't I don't want to dive too deep into it, but the Brumbies can feel very hard done by here. They they started very slow, which, you know, realistically is is probably what ended the the result for for me. But there was a halftime deficit of twenty to seven. So that's a a big, big amount to sort of chase down. Um, But, you know, they ended up catching up, forcing their way into that game, and they ended up being one breakdown or one better drop goal away from being in the grand final. And that one breakdown, I think they deserved a penalty. And and pretty much everyone's come out except for one-eyed, uh, Blues fans saying that yes, that should have been a penalty. Did that assure them, a, a, you know, a, a win? No, it didn't. There was still quite a hard kick for Lolicio, um towards the the back end of that to to try and win that game. But realistically, the the Brumbies should have had the chance to to take that one out, and and it wasn't given to them by O'Keefe.
1: Yeah, very, very disappointing. And, and, and I was pretty vocal watching this game in one of our chats about how poor I thought O'Keefe was through the entire game. This was the icing on the cake, but I thought he was awful all game.
0: It's not his first match. He's awful. I, I genuinely think he's an awful referee.
1: I think awful is tough as a referee, but no I, no, I genuinely think he's not very good.
0: I genuinely think he's an awful referee. I think a lot of other referees make mistakes and can have bad games. Mm. But every time I ever see Ben O'Keefe or I talk about Ben O'Keefe, he sucks and makes really bad calls that dictate the outcome of the game.
1: I'm I'm scared scared that he's going to referee the grand final. Apparently he is. Yeah. I, I just can't see how you could possibly reward someone after that game.
0: The perfect example there is he was too scared to make the clear right decision that would have dictated the outcome. So he sat back and went, I'm not going to make a decision so I can't be blamed for making a wrong decision. Yeah. But he didn't make a decision. So that's still making the wrong decision. Yeah. He had to back himself and make the clear decision there.
1: And look, let's let's go on to some of the other calls. How about the cards on this one? So first of all, Equin's tip tackle drives the player. I can't remember who it was now. It's been so many days. But drives the player onto his head and it was so clearly driven into the ground onto his head, and they say, oh, no, I think it's shoulder, it's low degree of danger. He wasn't even going to look at it. He said he thought it was okay. He thought it was nothing. Then he goes, oh, maybe it's a penalty only. And then finally he got brought all the way up to yellow card. Mate, if that was not a red card, then no tip-tack was a red card.
0: Well, we we know... They don't like to give red cards. That's the Pablo Matera to even trying to break someone's neck.
1: I remember at the first half of the season, everyone's going on about how the Australian teams are so poorly disciplined because there were so many red cards in the Aussie side of the comp, and there was none, zero, in the New Zealand side of the comp, and that kind of flipped as the, the comps came together. I just don't think the New Zealand referees genuinely give red cards. I agree. I don't think they. I don't they... think they have it in them, and it just makes this massive ind- uh, discrepancy between the Australian and the Kiwi refs.
0: And for that reason, and that is the only reason, I want to see Super Rugby A, you played first next year. So there's a good amount of time that the Aussies teams can go, we are going to learn our lessons here rolling into the Rugby World Cup. Because the Kiwis do not learn their lessons when their refs do not give the red cards away.
1: Yeah, it it's was- going to punish them. It was it's incredibly frustrating. It just keeps on going. Adrian Chote was the other, the other dodgy yellow card as well as that head high tackle on oh, Noah Lalessio, I think it was. I think so. Yeah, go with it. Back me up here. You're um right. I, again, that was just so clearly a red card. A high oh, degree of force. They said, I think the wording was. He was passive in the tackle, oh he, yeah, because yeah. he was standing still. When then he launches into him, he absolutely floors Lalesio, and he goes, "Oh, he was passive in the tackle, so it's yellow card only." What what mitigating factors were there there to not make that yeah, red? There, there wasn't. I, I thought he said something
0: about Lalesio dropping or something like that as well. No, like not. you know, there, it there makes wasn't no sense. absolutely there, absolute there not. wasn't high contact, or, or no, there wasn't. Uh, a high degree of force or something along those lines but don't that's get me wrong it yeah that's what he said it was a horrible attempt at a tackle and it
1: should have been I don't hard. care if someone's flat-footed you drive forwards and up into them there is a lot of force yeah and we've seen so many other knocks to the head that weren't high force like the one from Quinn on Pablo Mintero that is low force it's just I don't know I, again I don't want to spend the whole podcast talking about this but I just can't it's frustrating me every so game. much now that we are talking about it in every game because they're so bad. The calls every freaking time.
0: Putting your money on it, we're going to talk about it next week, and it's going to be what decides the grand final of Super Rugby Pacific you know, in the inaugural year. Put I, your money I, on I it.
1: genuinely think it could happen. I was bo- I was worried team. about that happening in the World Cup last time in Japan. And thankfully, it didn't happen in the grand final, but uh, it's just awful. Anyway, let, let's let's talk about the footy. The first half. I thought was the Blues' <clears> masterclass. <throat> they went in and, and took every strength away from the Brumbies and they made it their own. Yep. Neko Lala for me, was the best player on the field by a country mile. He should have been man of the match, hands down. He stole three scrum penalties off James Slipper in the first half alone, and they took another one early in the second half. He was absolutely immense. And I, I had no argument. Like, you know, normally in Australia, like, oh, maybe they're not calling this the right way. Slipper's a phenomenal prop. And Nepo Lalala was just completely all over him. Can,
0: can I air a little bit of grievance here? Go on. We're not using our own scoring system this year, no. and there is no points reward for that absolute brilliance. Mm. I mean, that... Props, that, that is a masterclass from a prop. And there's nothing
1: rewarded. Like, oh, we had, I think we're four in the draft rugby scoring system when we had our own I think we were four or five points for a tight end. Yeah, it was, it was like It was like, it was huge. Well, yeah. win against the feet. It was massive. So,
0: but uh, that is someone who was undervalued in fantasy, but undervalued in terms of just people talking about it. Because he, he really, coming back into that starting side, had a huge, huge role in this blue swim, Yeah. Undoubtedly.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I thought he was so good. And then you also had Tom Robertson as well. Um, yeah, a couple of line-out steals. The lineout steals, yeah. immense, particularly late in that second half. I know we're talking about first half now, but I thought he was phenomenal. They had 2 lineout steals there as well. Yep. And then the breakdown, the Blues just for some I, – I have no idea where it came from. The Brumbies have been so good con- uh, holding their own ball all year. The Blues just attacked the breakdown and completely dominated. They made so many turnovers, and they was- made such poor ball for the Brums in the first half. It was just com- – was- Completely turn around from what I expected.
0: Was maybe a bit of that downfall not carrying a
1: seven in this match um, for the for the Brums it,
0: around the breakdown and the. No, that's Pete hands.
1: Samu counted as that. To be honest, look, Pete Samu is a,
0: a versatile back roller, but Pete Samu is not an open side flanker and, and has the prowess around the breakdown that I, I think some of these other flankers. I
1: don't, do. I don't think so i think attacking you just need your forward pack in general and the backs when the ball is wide to be quick and latching and cleaning out the ball and as long as you have that i don't think it comes Absolutely. down to a sevens I'll, job necessary to I'll, defend the ball
0: i'd put my money on it any of the sevens per minute will be hitting the ruck a lot more than pizza would be throughout an 80 minute performance. Yeah,
1: okay fair enough um, my one other point from this first half was the Tom Wright kick. I think it was off a bit oh, of a turnover. He kicks the ball aimlessly downfield. And, you just, and as soon as he kicked it, I went, oh, that's a bad kick. Like nothing on no contest, just kicking ball back to the Blues. And I think any team in New Zealand that you kick the ball to, you give them a chance to, to counterattack, you're asking for trouble. Of course, the Blues just turn the ball over, make a line break, and then offload the ball a few times and Hoskins goes over for a try. And it was just like, Riding on the wall, you're talking about this guy as a potential wall winger. It was poor play. Really, really poor. Nothing on it. I just don't understand what he's thinking in that moment. That should never be your option to just punt the ball away like that to a counter-attacking side. Yep, Yeah, I
0: mean, to any Kirby side. That yep. seems like a pretty ridiculous choice. Um, I, I don't know how far we're fast-forwarding, but this is a point we've got written down here, and, and it's one I, I definitely want to talk about. And it's those last few... Phases in this match. I was actually on a campsite watching on this uh, on my phone while people were cooking dinner for me, giggling and, and watching my facial expressions here. But uh, look, it was the the Brumbies turnover um, with the Blues. Who was who was it on the ground? Romano on the yep. ground yep. playing the ball on the ground, and look. <clears throat> O'Keefe just let this go, I think, because the Brumbies ended up with the ball, Mm. but clearly it was slowed down. Clearly, Romano played the ball on the ground, and it was a a very, very good pilfer by Reimer. It was, I mean, 100% of the time, that's a penalty. It was absolutely text. He was perfect body position. He was over the ball. Romano was playing the ball on the ground. It didn't matter that he got the ball. It was an extra two, three, four seconds. It
1: was kind of the order. I mean, it was. It was. Dead and, dead. and the ridiculous thing is the way that the the defending player on the ball has been refereed all year is that they haven't really worried about you defend like holding your own body weight or anything like that. If you're on the ball, they give it very quickly. And they and he did the same. He actually awarded the blues a very similar kind of opportunity, but less clear earlier in the match. And I thought as soon as he was out of the ball, I'd go that's a penalty. He's already given one like that. I was, exactly I was up the right. chair screaming at the TV at the point. But it was just I'm with you. It was. Uh, it's now Wednesday, and it still infuriates me that he's butchered the Brumbies' opportunity to go into a grand final in New Zealand because of one of the worst calls. Can I, can I also just say this point of
0: view from an open side flanker? Looking at Reimer and what Reimer did in that moment, in his head, he's gone, I have given my chance, my team the chance to win this, Yeah, to get into a grand final. He would be stewing after that mat- match just so frustrated going, what else could have been done there for mm. to give us that opportunity? What he did was absolutely perfect and should be a hero moment. Instead, he gets nothing for it.
1: Yep, yep, exactly. And, and yeah, I know we agree it was 40 metres out in the rain more or less dead in front, but 40 out, and he would have had to, uh, Still to, he kick, would it. Have to kick it. But yeah. they deserve the opportunity. I'm, I'm gutted about that. And you know, there's the the other kind of Twitter sphere comments of like, oh, you got to be good enough to take the ref out of it. BS. Like, I don't buy that at all. You got to win it. You got to beat a team by one point on the day. New We've Zealand, got, uh, the, the Blues had won 14 in a row. Hadn't lost since their first game of the year. Hadn't it was though. in Auckland. Eden <clears> Park, Australian side, hasn't gone over there and won in like 25 years in any format of the competition.
0: We'd never won any final match in New Zealand.
1: It was it was so obviously a massive, massive challenge. I don't believe that you have to take the ref out of it. You just need a ref that makes a semi-decent <clears> obvious call.
0: Really, we talk about the fan base. We talk about the home ref, all these things, giving the home side points. Bromby's going down by one. You know, you take away those points. And if this is a neutral ground, neutral ref, and it's a, it's a different outcome. And, and that's,
1: it is a frustrating thing. Hmm. Um, another I thing that was a little bit disappointing here was that. Um, I don't want to talk about the knock on the other little like muck rounds in the ruck. I think we've we'll winged enough. No, I'm talking about Tom Wright. I was going to say the missed opportunities. Yeah, let's talk yeah. about the things that the Blues, the Brumbies did stuff up. That, they had the opportunities to win this one. And that's, that's two clear tries. More, more Should have two more tries.
0: One was Tom Wright being held up over the line with men outside him. All he had to do was make the pass. He gets held up over the line. All he had to was pass, and they're probably going to win. Put
1: it, it, out there. it was a defensive masterclass from Para Franchise, though. Like, he, he was outside in the pass and looking like he was drifting off, and all of a sudden he incredibly quickly mm-hmm. hit in and just shut down the space so quickly. And I think Tom Wright had looked up and seen how wide – where mm-hmm. a franchise wasn't went, I can just step in field here and I'll score. And he just covered the ground so so quickly. So I can <clears throat> you could see what he was thinking, but to not score in a three on one is absolutely criminal. So that that hurt. And the other one was obviously Banks. Banks on the line break down the right hand side, has Tom Wright outside of him. All he has to do is draw and pass. So I think he got around his man and then he had enough time to straighten his line up to take the fullback out and then give the pass. To Tom Wright. Instead, he drifts off to the side of the field, takes all the space off his winger, and then gets tackled out by the by the fullback. I think again, I do know, I think there's Bowden Barrett in that case. Yeah. But like, yep. like what, what are you doing, mate? You're meant to be the incumbent wallaby, and you can't beat a two on one when you like he's a player with pace. He makes these opportunities all the time. It, what it, was he
0: thinking? It reminds me of something where we've been very critical of another player in the past, and that was Israel Falau. I think I, I can't remember who, who we would have beaten, but he took the ball to the line, a clear man outside him. All oh, he did yeah. was a simple pass, and he gets tackled, yeah. and we lose the match. Yeah, this is the that. exact same thing twice. And yes, it was a little bit earlier in the match, but we should be critical of this. These are two guys that, yes. They backed themselves, good on you, but made clearly the wrong decision. Yes. And, and it cost them a chance at a grand final.
1: Those kind of decisions, it's scary to think that they can be wearing a Wallabies jersey after playing yeah. like that. Like, and, and I'm not having a crack at them entirely for everything they do, no. but any means I you know, I saw Tom Banks getting some criticism for his kicking to touch. I actually think he's very good kicking to touch. His percentages are lower. Well, last year was poor. Oh, yeah, yeah. His percentages are lower, but because he – goes for so much but i actually like that he has a proper crack to try and make a yeah. difference i mean but, as
0: long as you as long as you don't do it repetitively last year i think was a bad yeah, year for him. this year i don't think it has been as
1: bad he's not as aggressive this year i think yeah. he turned it down a bit but um i i just think you th- those are bread and butter situations yeah. from an outside back for both of them yeah. and and they just both bombed it was it was very very worrying for me um let's just talk about the last couple of things from this game ira Simone i think The last few weeks, we've seen what a huge loss he's going to be for the Brumbies. I think he's been phenomenal in the back half of this season.
0: He's worked his way, for me, into being one of five clear world-class centres for
1: Australia that could be playing for the Wallabies. Clear world-class? Mate, we have,
0: as in not the best in the world, but guys that can be playing international. Yeah,
1: yeah, world-class to me is one of the best in the world. Like test-footy players. A a world-class
0: send a partnership we've got he's one, part of
1: we've got one world class we've Center. got one of the
0: best centers ever but wow he's fucking amazing but as a partnership it's a world class partnership and you can pick two of those five
1: yeah yeah I, I don't know i think you're getting carried away with the word world class but i think he has shown that he's up to test level in this super rugby season yeah uh-uh. so it's very disappointing to see him go i think the bromies are going to really struggle to replace him and the other one was uh, for me was Nos Longigan when he came on the field. Oh, he's so good! He set the game alight. How much better was he than finger in this game? The thing for me is like
0: I don't care who you pick as the Wallabies starting hooker. He should probably be the bench hooker.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Just the amount of the, how how dynamic he is, yeah. he's got the ability to score for All In More. I think Fangar has scored, has taught him very well there. I'll give him the credit because he's so good at himself. But man, he is just so dynamic, and the energy he brings is so good. So, so I wanted to give him a shout out as well. And, uh, and good to see he's in the Wallabies. He'll score. be
0: starting almost every week next year.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So, I, I think, well, I don't know. They've got some some uh, some good prospects around.
0: Yeah, I think bench prospects. Yeah, yeah, uh, true. Uh, uh, so I think he's just going to go from strength to strength. But he, he's been very, very good.
1: Let's push the uh, fantasy man of the match was your boy Bodie Barrett, seventy-five points.
0: Yeah, look, he uh, he had fourteen runs for one hundred and six meters, eight tackle busts, five offloads. One line break. Don't ask Kagi how his fly half did zero points. Um, yeah, because we punked him. But there was also a couple other big ones in this matchup.
1: In this love, love an inside joke with only the two of us on it.
0: He had he had a zero point fly half. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's fair. Who was his fly half? Vicenna. Vikenna. Like he had to pick any <laughs> player, <laughs> any player that was available to him at the time. Because you and I took two fly halves each mm. early to suck yeah. our opponents. Mm. It wasn't enough for me.
1: (laughs) No. Um, But I'm surprised at how well he's scoring when he's not kicking goals. I, I just think he's in such good form. You also have some uh, a shout-out, I guess, to Samasoni Takeaho, 64 points. I thought he he just made so many runs. I think he made 19 runs. Like, the amount of ball that that bloke was carrying was out of control. Richie Mo'unga, 63 points, not to be outdone, always phenomenal in, phenomenal himself. Yep. And Cullen Grace as well, 60. No, not 62, is that right? Yeah. No. 56, 56 no No, this, this must have been updated since. Uh, Yeah, so it has been upgraded, 56 points for him. So um, he did score two tries, so I think that always helps. Uh, Captain Mutt of the week? Uh, Oh, Captain Mutt, it's it's pretty clear. It's Pablo Matera. Minus
0: 30 points is what he got. So he'd earned himself nine points Mm. to to bring his tally to minus 21 for this week.
1: Yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, It wasn't the best game for him. I'll, I'll definitely second that.
0: So look we we're, we're going to jump across into the main course uh and, I mean, everyone, this is what we're here for. This is this is a pretty big final. This is the, the I, final people have been calling for.
1: I, I agree. What you're saying is before the main course, we should cheers. We've got a nice bottle of wine here. And we're going to cheers not only for uh, the fact that it's the grand final, but also because we're celebrating. And, and it's very nice of you to bring this bottle of wine and to celebrate me. Uh, another grand final appearance for myself <laughs> in fantasy football. So thank you, Nelson. I really appreciate we it. We didn't do this last year for me. No, not at all. It's, no. This is a bigger moment. This is a, this is a self-promotion. That's what it is. Well, you're pouring the wine. I'm just, you bought I'm the just wine. Here. I just want everyone to know
0: you bought the wine. I'm not celebrating anything. In fact, I'm not going to cheers. I'm going to cheers. Tink. That's, uh, that's what you uh, get. That's what you get a fake, uh, fake cheers. cheese. someone <laughs> That's yours.
1: All right, so let's talk about the grand final for Super Rugby Pacific, the first ever. And I love how every year now there's the inaugural grand final. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> every year the competition slightly different, but the inaugural Super Rugby Pacific grand it's final: the Blues versus the Crusaders.
0: It's Barrett versus Moana. It's Rico versus Goodhue. It's Perifeta or
1: Para franchise versus Will Jordan. This this is a big matchup. Yeah, um, absolutely massive. It's going to be played in Auckland, seven PM. Uh, I was going to say Kiwi time. Yeah, in, it's it is Kiwi time. Kiwi time. Yeah, it's five PM over here, which is nice early game. So I'll be struggling to, to watch that because I'll be at the uh, Shoot Shield. Um, maybe I'll I'll uh, watch on delay. But anyway, so we have what we. Pre- Dick does the lineups here, which we'll go through. I would just say the uh, weatherman gave us a call. We haven't had him on this year, but he did give me a call. He said they're saying 14 degrees, yep. 58% chance of light rain, 0. 3, 0. 0.3 mil. Not so right. I think there's like a little, just like a little sprinkle. Like, it's almost
0: mist. It's just mist.
1: Yeah. Salt bay. It's rain a, bag. a little rain. of rain, rain yeah, bay. Yeah, a little yeah, bit yeah, of rain, rain bay. Yeah. So I, I think good conditions for the grand final, which is awesome to see because the back lines on these two teams are just outrageous, so I want to see them play. It's a repeat yeah. of the mm-hmm. 1998 and 2003 Super Rugby Finals, uh, which see them one apiece in the big dance. They both hosted one. The Crusaders won 98. The Auckland yep. Blues won 2003. So this is going to be a big ask. The Blues at home. Is it going to go 2-1 and stay, stay on trend? I mean, that's what the stats are saying. Hundred percent home final winners between these
0: two sides. And uh, in terms of new injuries, look, we're we're not too sure about the Samuel White lock uh, finger injury,
1: thumb, yeah, thumb, yeah, yeah. So the way I, mean, a finger. I think you'll probably just play. Like, look, I, I don't know what it is, but wouldn't you just brace it and play regardless? Yeah, I think there was, they
0: they said something
1: along those lines yeah. um, throughout last week,
0: saying, look. If next week we're making the finals, he's there's, just going to play. There's not, a, there's
1: not a lot of thumb injuries that you would say you cannot play. Like, it'd have to be Operation or yeah. he's playing It's grand final. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just count I, in. You know they say you've got to lose one to win one? How many yeah. do you need to lose to win 13? Because that's where the Crusaders are going oh, for this time. Or to win six in a row. How many did? you need
0: <laughs> well, six. I mean, there's a caveat there. They, no, they there's, no, there's no caveat, mate. There's no caveat. They went undefeated <laughs> the and
1: didn't even get to play a final in the uh, Trans-Tasman competition, which <laughs> yeah. is a joke.
0: Um, yeah, no, look, fair enough. They've, look, they've won 12 uh, grand finals, five under Razor Robinson. This this is a powerful powerful Crusaders. He won his first winner. year, didn't he? Yes. So he's never lost a season. Ever. He's never lost a grand final. Outrageous. Never lost a, a season that he's had finals involved. But yeah, look, the last matchup between these two sides was the Crusaders versus the Blues, uh, and it was Crusaders twenty three, Blues taking this one out twenty seven. The Blues actually uh, had a twenty four to ten point lead before the did defied that Scott Barrett red card and, and found their way back in the match with the Sever Reese double, um,
1: getting them within four points. It was almost like that red card woke them up and they were just not quite switched on before that, despite the, it, the massive, uh, I guess, uh, stakes of the game. It, it feels like it's one of those arguments people have against the 20-minute red
0: card, that it seems to wake teams up and they win, and then it doesn't seem like a punishment in that sense. I'm, a, I'm an advocate for the 20-minute red card, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, it does make sense when you see how often a team that gets that 20-minute red card comes back and wins. It doesn't seem as big a team punishment, but mm. it was that thing that, you know, really kicked them into gear, you know, I, I think, in this match.
1: Yeah, obviously they're not going to be hoping for needing the same no,
0: punishment. No, definitely. Although, Pablo Matero, if because has, He his is
1: on the field. Wait, is he going to play more than 10 minutes? Because he's probably going to get a card. I'd, I'd say way more than 10. Every 9.5. Let, let's say, uh, look, the, the other ones, no new injuries from the weekend's just gone. Um, we touched on the Pablo uh, assessment there. But other than that, they've run all good other than obviously Sam Whitelock. They're going to see if he's going to come back.
0: I mean, we, we were just talking about their last matchup. You forgot about the finale of that matchup. Oh, so sorry. Go on then, mate. Go on. There was a, a Moana loop pass that hit... Uh, Gardner, um, not Angus Gardner, Dom Gardner, um, I think on the chest, um, who took himself to the line. They were about to snatch that win, but it was brilliance in the heart from Rico and, and Papali'i that managed to hold him up over the line. No Papali'i this week. But, I mean, there is a Rico Yuani and, and there were a lot of players in this blue side who have stood up throughout the year. So if it comes down to these final moments, we we know the Blues have been able to close out these tight ones. They've done it against the Brumbies. They've done it against the Crusaders here. They've done it against the Waratahs, kicking field goals in two of those in the final moments. Mm. They know how to close out a game, but they also know how to let a team back in. This is an example of it as well. They they had a clear 24 to 10 point lead here that they let go. They had a, a, a clear lead against the the... Tars that they let go. They had a clear lead against the Brumbies that they ended up just scraping the the win. So I mean this is this is a big one here. So in terms of, of any other players returning,
1: yeah. So I mean they had Bryce Haine get cussed in the quarterfinal. I he didn't get selected for the semi. I wonder if that was purely just because they wanted to name their team at the start of the week. And obviously he has to go through his protocol. So I think he's a potential. Uh, uh, option for this week. They had Tamati Tua on the bench last week. I just think that he should at least be above him if he's on the bench as a position, a player that can cover the centres or the outside backs.
0: Do you put him over AJ Lamb? Uh, There's an issue around that.
1: I, I would say they would if he wasn't concussed but AJ lambs had a couple of exceptional games and I think that they would probably just try and stick <clears> with life for life at this stage of the season as well he, he does give them that cover I mean if you if you're talking
0: about AJ lamb and zane Sullivan you know two back three players um mm. as well on the bench there's although that's two best players in the in the squad mm. doesn't give you the same you know finisher of of him. Yeah, yeah, coming off the bench covering multiple
1: positions. Yep, yeah, yeah, exactly. And then look, the other ones you mentioned Papaliti having his um appendix out and that they won't be here. They're still not ruling him out. Him and Caleb Clark that he's having as well. The coach refused to say they won't play. Hugh's going, Oh, we'll leave it, you know, until Wednesday, you know, work out if he can play or not. Let's just say now he's almost definitely not playing I'm either not playing. of them. They're but they're not playing.
0: I mean, as a there's coach... There's no
1: way Papali is playing after the operation, but Cal Clark, surely not.
0: But, I mean, as a coach, you want to keep the other team guessing, and mm. this is a clear example of that.
1: Yeah, I think that's all it is. <laughs> I think it's a bit of gamesmanship. Now, can we buy tickets?
0: No. So, <laughs> I mean, there was, what, was it five home games last year in New Zealand? Not a single one sold out. Two against um, Australia in Auckland, where this is being played. Not a single game sold out. Do you know how long it took for this game to sell out, Harry?
1: Uh, Four days.
0: Less than five hours. 50,000 tickets in less than five hours.
1: Yeah. It's good to see the Auckland crowd actually get behind their team because it's been a long time coming, this grand final, and and I don't think they sold out a single game against uh, any side with the All Blacks last year, despite it being the The, basic New Zealand home of rugby. So this is the biggest crowd they've had there in a long, long time. I think it's looking at being a record crowd for Eden Park. Look, it's been a decade
0: since the Crusaders, uh, since the Blues have looked any good. Yeah. They, yes. Look, <laughs> no, it, it was, yeah, it was about a bit of decade, I think, give or take. But look, last year, not included, but we didn't have a, a true final. So, I mean, it's been a long time coming, and this is a fan base starved of some silverware that actually matters. Yeah. Not like their, uh, you know, plastic cup they got last year.
1: Yeah, that's right. Look, I, I was trying to look at where the Blues could attack the Crusaders. Um, on screen, we've got what the teams were last week. Obviously, we've mentioned the possible changes. There's not a lot there. So I think that's likely going to be the starting side. I think the obvious one is Nipo Lalala versus George Bauer. Now, George Bauer is in the All Blacks camp, but they've picked Carl Thuy Fair because they say he is their best scrummaging loose head, despite the fact that he can't even get a start at the Blues. <laughs> and the fact that he's not even all that fit, and they and they know they can't play him for that many minutes. But I think if he's the benchmark in George Bauer's behind him, although, yes, he's a young prop, and I think there's a lot of upside to him. Bauer? Yeah.
0: How old's Bauer?
1: 28. 29? Yeah. That's yeah. not that young, is it? Young experience. <laughs> <laughs> but the point, Ben, I just think Nepo Lalla is going to have him for breakfast. I think James Slipper is a much better loosehead yeah. than George Bauer, and I think with mm. how dominant Lalala was, he is in absolute form. He's a wrecking ball at the scrum. Sorry, we're both wrong. He's 30. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, let's not spend too much more time on that. But <laughs> I, I think that's one area where if I was the Blues, I would genuinely be going for scrums and just call in Epo to yeah. just run over the top of him and try and just grind down the game that way.
0: Look, I mean, it, it's a really good shout. Uh, I think it's, it's, the one place... Works for the Chiefs. Oh, wait. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but like, it's definitely one place that the Blues, you know, have the ups on yeah. the Crusaders here. And, and it is, yes, we're picking Lala, who, you know, he fell out of form and fell out of favour for the Blues throughout this year after I think it was a card, you know, mid, midway through the year. And, yeah. Last week, found himself back and and it was, I mean, all, you know, it was all because Ethan
1: group just dominated off at Umulufase in the in the quarterfinals, and I think that's when Nepo stepped in and all of a sudden, short up their scrum, and they went, "Oh yeah, that's right, he's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> he's, the, the he's man, Mountain, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's <laughs> actually pretty good in the scrum. So I, I think that's a huge opportunity for them." Um, and then I was looking across the back lines, and honestly, I'm looking at the matchups, like you said Richie Moe versus Bodie Barrett, Roger Tua Vasa Shek versus Vili, Rico versus Goodhue. I The only opportunity I see here is number one for the Crusaders, Will Jordan, just beating anyone in his path. But I reckon Jack Goodhue, we, we mentioned last week how off the pace he was at the moment coming back from his knee injury, as good mm-hmm. as a defender as he is. If Goodhue's trying to make up for a defensive read of Fenga and I love how he's listed as Feninga. Oh, is actually. it about Yeah. came <laughs> oh <laughs> that's a copy paste. That's straight from rugby.com.au Feninga. and Yeah, rugby are definitely not the best on their stats and lineup it's details, belly. but or anything. Um, I'm, I'm well aware that's not how you spell it. Yeah. Um, anyway, Rico Yuane, if he's given a little sniff of space, I think there's a couple of line-break opportunities for them just because Jack Goodhue at the moment does not have his normal pace to catch up. I think that's
0: it. The,
1: the Goodhue being slightly slower, Fayanuku who we saw throughout
0: the quarterfinal, making some very incorrect defensive reads. Rico Uwani should be primed here to, to tear these two apart. And I I, I do really think it's a, it's another big strength for the Blues. This this is two very, very good back lines. We know Crusaders always have good back lines. For the Blues, they were one good fly half away from having a dominant back line. And they've got that fly half. And they've also had another fly half step up in, in fullback in, in Stephen uh, Pere franchise. Mm. So... That they've somehow got these two fly halves now filling these roles, which is the thing they've been missing for so long, and helps them unlock all that talent out wide. No Caleb Clark, but they, they just have so much power throughout this back line. And and we know the Crusaders and what they can do, you know. Goodhue all black, Havili all black, Faying Anuku finally in the the squad should be getting some game time. Severi's been dominant for, for a number of a number of years, and Will Jordan could become one of the, the you know biggest best all blacks of
1: you know all time really he is that bloody good i love how early people are calling this no, I he is that, that good him. will jordan is phenomenal yeah it depends if you can say injury free and how long you can keep this jet shoes yeah there's there's a lot that you know to
0: to be able to be claiming that you're you're one of the best all Blacks. he's got no, a but hell
1: of a lot of potential he there. has the talent to tell he's pretty he's already feeling some of it i'll give him that too yeah how about the Crusaders? Where's their opportunity? Uh, look. Other than Will Jordan.
0: One of the big things for the Crusaders are, look, they, they really know how to win finals. You know, we, we talked about how many finals they've won in the past um, and and how good they've been throughout, you know, the last seven, eight years, winning five championships and, and just been such a solid side throughout the whole Super
1: Rugby. So winning five of the last seven rounds? Well it's the last five. It's five of the last five, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, but I said how good they've been for that extended period oh, okay. of your time, the, the, sure, the few yeah. years prior to that as well, yeah. not, not getting the wins. But um, I mean Razor Robertson didn't come into a, a mud side that took over he did, they were pretty average. Yeah, that's under uh, Todd Blacker. That's a pretty big call. Um for their standards, for their lofty standards. for their standards, yes. Mm. But look, I, I think a clear thing where the Crusaders need to, to to really capitalize here is is through the line out. So we talked about the the blues having a real strength in set piece in terms of scrum time. And I think the crusaders have that vice versa in in line out um time. If you if you're looking at good Hugh Robinson as the two second rollers for the blues compared to Scott Barrett and compared to Whitelock if he's available, that is definitely a stronger um, line yeah. out for the Crusaders, significantly stronger.
1: And I think it says that how much they need Lock as well to just yep. kind of solidify that. Barrett, I think, has been exceptional through the finals as a player that I think sometimes doesn't quite fulfill the potential and the the, the credit he's been given. Yeah, I think he's been fantastic the last two games. So he obviously needs to keep that form up. But Lock, I think, is a really big key for them. And, you know, you compare it to the likes of the blue side. Josh Good. you only got... Put into the starting position for his second game in the semi-final, and Tom Robinson's been playing six for the majority of his Super Rugby career. So, how
0: many how many locks have they lost in the last two three years? They're really quite good locks.
1: Yeah, exactly right. I think Sam Darry is another young player coming through for them that can't get a start at the moment because Luke Romano is just the perfect finisher. <clears throat> but it's just it's crazy to think that they can just completely can change this lock bearing, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's not good. You and Robinson again, to be honest. It could be Tucker. Tucker could get slotted again.
0: Honestly, I wouldn't hate to see Tucker and, and see someone like Tom Robinson on the bench who can cover back row because last week they carried what Tucker and Romano on the bench. Yeah. So it look it, it would be a, a pretty ballsy move to chuck Tucker in, I suppose, over big sauce, you know, with big sauce there last week and, and them getting that win. But he
1: was very good last week. He's not getting dropped.
0: He was good last week, but he hasn't been that all year. No, he hasn't. He hasn't been that all year. But Look, realistically, for me, this comes down to if the Crusaders are forced to make two hundred plus tackles again this week against the potent Blues attack that we've seen throughout this entire year with the, the you know the the Bowden Barrett direction that they've had in twenty twenty two, it could be a time that we get to see again the Carlos Spencer esque flipping of the bird to the Crusaders as the Blues take out a championship. You cannot give. Those opportunities to the Blues and give them huge amounts of possession when they have this back one, they have this, you know, strong, big forward pack. The, the Crusaders definitely need to make sure they're in this game and they've
1: got ball on hand. I've got a big question. Yep. Who from the Blues lineup gives, like, who flips the bird? Who's going to flip the bird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's, who's the guy? It's Rick running yeah i was thinking that too <laughs> yeah but
0: i think it might be more like like a bit yeah, subtle it's, it's, a, it's a crossed arm leaning to the side and you can just see out of the back of his arm i'm a, not, a I'm not liking what the camera's doing it's yeah. censoring us you, you just get a rude finger sticking <laughs> out the back yeah, of the crossed arm yeah, it'll, it'll be subtle from yeah. him you can't see it on camera but everyone in the crusader's <laughs> side can see it <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, uh, as we always do, mate. It could be a Kira Uani. Who's your just bladed? I was thinking he
0: was my <laughs> bladed so, two fingers. Basically. Basically. <laughs> bladed
1: two fingers, just sticking it right up. So it's the Yuani brother. It's one of the Yuanis, yeah. If it, but... I could see maybe per franchise. Just having that cheeky... I don't know. I don't. I don't think it's in his camp now. Nah. He's, yeah. he's trying to play good for the ball players yeah. as well. Yeah. All right, who is your fantasy man of the match for this game? Who's going to score the most points?
0: I don't think you want to hear it. It's, uh, it's Bowden Barrett. He has been so pivotal in, in the last couple of weeks and he really has shone and grown in leaps and bounds in these few weeks. And to, to no, say I'm, I'm picking Richie Moe first, so don't tell me that. I, that's what I said. That's what I said. Like, honestly, Bowden Barrett these last two weeks, as you said, not kicking. Doesn't matter. He has been so pivotal to their side. And last week was in the rain in a, you know, dire attacking game at points, and he still did what he managed to do. No,
1: he's due a down
0: week. He's definitely The other option for me, clearly, do you want me to say it? No. I'll,
1: if, I'll, if you don't say it, I'll say it. Okay. <clears throat> got to, I'm thinking. All right. I, I think the top scorer yep. will be... Uh Will Jordan. Yeah, it's cool. It's not bad. So I'm thinking Will Jordan just he's the guy that when nothing is on, the Crusaders throw the ball to him and he'll make a line break and four tackle busts. So you know he's gonna play 80 minutes. I think he's got that X factor that means that he's just gonna have the opportunity to score more than any other player in the back line. And I think if there's any any sniff of an open game, it'll be him. Do you know he's average in the last two weeks? 120. 34 points Yeah, it's two, two weeks. averages two it is the
0: other one could be this is the one I was I was hoping you'd probably say is Rico Yuani I mean we we talked him up and and talked about the matchup we for said them. that last week against status he did nothing mate he got 44 points the first week and and last week he got Forty-three points. So yeah. he's averaging forty-three point five. He's ten it's points better there. than the guy you're picking. Quiet, yeah. He's quiet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, And this time he's he's versing a slow Goodhue and a Fanning and a
1: Anuku who no one's ever even heard of. I mean, Goodhue's got to be he has got to be better than Satch But sure. he's slower. Yeah, it's true. All right, look, let's let's press on. uh Your tip, who you got?
0: This is tough. uh I'm gonna just should I go with my heart on my head? Uh, head, no, I'm gonna go with my heart. I don't want to see the Crusaders win again, so I'm gonna pick the box. So, your heart says the Blues. My heart says the Blues. You're the worst. I, mate. D- I don't want to see the Crusaders, it's been there, done that. It's boring to see the same team
1: win all the time. I'm back in Crusaders to win again. Then really your heart great. or your head? Uh, both. I fucking love the Crusaders <laughs> dynasty, it's so I, good. I if love against the Tars, I want them to lose, or the Brumbies, I want them to lose, but. Crusaders Blues? No, I don't care that New Zealand Rugby's putting all the money to the Blues. I want Crusaders to go again. I think the Crusaders have had their
0: time and we need to see a fall. They, they haven't been the better team this year. The Blues have been. The Blues were lucky. They're peaking at the, the right the, time. If, mate, if the Blues peak, win, time. we know the Brummies should have won the comp. So done, done for me. All right. On
1: that, we are up to the deserto. What you what
0: you that? Deserto. So we're What's
1: gonna going to talk about the Wallabies squad first of all, and then the All Black squad. So I've got it up on screen here, and I'm going to pinch some stuff from rugby fixation, rugby fixation. Mitch okay. Evans, who even in his new fatherhood has found time to just. Outdo all of us on stats and graphic. Oh, not graphics! You, you're pretty bloody good at graphics, but he's outdone me by a country mile. So, let's go to by position. Yeah. And what do we got here? So, hookers, you got flower Finger, Lockie Lonigan, and Dave Parecki. Who's just starting for Test Test One? And is there anyone unlucky to miss this squad,
0: mate? For me, Dave Parecki is the man starting. I, I think form based, and I also think. Um, the ability for a straight liner, pretty important. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's the starter for me. Uh, for you, is there someone missing? But who would be on your bench?
1: Uh, I'd go Lockie Lonigan on my bench and I'd I'd be 50 50 on Parecki and Van to start. But I, I like what you said. I, I would probably back Periki. Um I, I don't think anyone's missing. I think this is the right three. Yeah, uh, I think Katu has been disappointing this year. To the point where Andrew Reddy was starting above him. So you can't tell me that bloke deserves a wall at He was captain. Yeah, dead set. Um, unless he's been disappointing this year, he's been preferred to uh, James Hansen has overtaken him for parts of this year as well. So I think it's pretty open and shut. He's was the he guy injured
0: throughout this early part. Parts of, part of it, but he, not, not only, not was, the whole way through. Yeah, he was decent when he came back and he earned the starting, but he he's not there.
1: He's not he, there. He wasn't Hansen took the start start back off him for a while. Yeah. Anyway, so I think that's about right. Loose head props, you got slipper 114 caps. Let's just slide that in there. Scott Sio and Angie Bell, who's your starter?
0: Look, this depends on my tight head. Can we go through the tight head and then we'll go? Okay, your... tight
1: head, you got Alan Ala Ala Toa, Taniella Chupo, who is in a bit of doubt with his injury, his calf tear, and world's biggest calf. That's a big hit. That's a big tear. It is. And Pone Fa'amal Sili, mm-hmm. who's still yet to make his first cap. So my,
0: my prop pairing, you've touched on the Taniela tupo in doubt not playing the last few weeks. So my starting prop pairing, it can go two ways, but I like the idea of having a slipper and Ala toa playing together. Two props, very experienced together, had
1: a lot of time together recently. The flip side to that is Doesn't if we matter have that much, they're not directly together on the scrum.
0: Look, is cohesion
1: I mean, an issue with loose and tight-head props? Yeah, like your Cooper front
0: row in head. total, I, I think, yes. I, I don't think it, it's simply based on your, your loose-head and tight-head prop. But well, if
1: you've got Lonergan on the bench and Periki starting, wouldn't you rather?
0: Well, I mean, if, if that's going to be the way, I think it means you have to start Bell and you have to start Tupo. The, the other argument is, though, do you want Bell and Tupo split up so you have impact... In The first half, you have impact in the second half. Do you start Bell and you pair him up with uh an ala ala toa, or do you start Tani Al-Tupo and you pair him up the slipper and then you do the flip? So you've always got that dynamic, yeah.
1: Per, per, personally, I'm going slipper to start and he gets 45 minutes and Bell gets 35, yep. And then okay. I'm going Alan ala ala toa to start so with you, Tani Alitupo getting 40 minutes. So you said the exact same thing I started with. Did I? Yes. I'm just being decisive, mate. You were bumbling on that. Uh, <laughs> That's what I said. All right. Well, good. All right. We're, uh, we're together here. Locks. Now, this is, to me, probably the biggest worry. you got Maddie Phillip with his 20 caps. Darcy Swain with 10. Holloway, Neville, and all with zero. Obviously, Rotter. you've got – well, is injured. And then yeah, on top of that, out. you've got Rory Arnold. And you've also got Skelton, who both aren't available because they're still playing finals over in France. And they didn't know when they would be available, so they've left them out. But who, who's your starters? Go, let's go again. I, you, you do all the forwards. I'll go all the backs.
0: I don't like that. But um, yeah. Look, my 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 lock pairing out of this lot is Philip and Swain. With clearly Holloway on the bench. I, th- I think Holloway has been so pivotal this year and his ability he can cover the back row. I, I love Nick Frost. I'd I'd love to see Nick Frost in a show A, if I'm brutally honest. But
1: Jed Holloway deserves to be on the bench for me. You see anything different? No, I love it. Loose forwards, you got Michael Hooper, El Capitan, Pete Samu, Rob Bellatini, Harry Wilson, and Rob Leoda.
0: For me, it's different to plenty of people, but for me, and probably not what I think you I'm can't pick
1: Michael Wells, mate. He's not in this one.
0: Oh, mate that's what i wanted now look i for me it's clearly hoopers your seven and i think harry wilson has developed his game and his work rate alone gets him there for me so harry wilson number eight rob Valentini number six my one and pete summer is not a starter for me in, in this list he can cover a lot of positions so you know he's been an option on the bench but in that starting side i've got rob Leoda on the bench so do I. I, only, I go exactly the same. I want the punch. Yeah. The only other change I can see is I could see Rob Leota coming at six, then having Valentini at eight. And then I feel they would be more likely to go with a Pete Samu on the bench that, rather than a Harry Wilson. But I don't want to see that. That's not what I
1: want. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I, I like that. I agree completely. You want to go? Let's take us through the uh, through the backs? Yep. So if we jump across into the halfbacks, we've got Nick White,
0: we've got Tate McDermott, and our third option is Jake Gordon. So who's your starter and who's your bench?
1: I've got Nick White starting and Gordon on the bench. I just don't I just don't think Tate McDermott's been all that good the back half of the year.
0: You know what? I, I actually think
1: that's a good shout. And
0: and I've sort of said something similar that I, I think with this matchup against England, and, and I was talking about this on Twitter recently, that I think Jake Gordon could well be the bench player. He's got a better kicking game. Mm. He's got, you know, a, a bit quicker ball off, off the ground, I think. Um, and I think Tate McDermott's probably going to be... More physical indeed. He's more physical. I, I think Tate McDermott's probably more of a leader. Tate McDermott's going to start a lot more throughout the back end of the year after the England series. But I, I do think Jake Gordon could well get the, the bench spot over him in this series.
1: I mean, you and I have raved about Tate McDermott, but it, it doesn't change the fact that I just think places. Jake Gordon is a, in phenomenal form... Yeah. And he's earned his spot. It's taken him so long. But he's just gotten better and better and better with ages. It's similar to Nick White. You know, Nick White was always stuck in Guinea's shadow. And then he finally kind of came back and was the main man. But Gordon has been exceptional. And the the gap still was there for take off the boot. And in England, you need to be precise with the
0: kick. Yeah, I agree. If we jump across in the fly halves, we've got three here. We've got Quade Cooper. We've got James O'Connor. And we've got Noah Lollaseo.
1: Yeah, we're expecting O'Connor is fit, right? Like they said, if they were, if they made yep. uh, the semi-final, he probably would have played. So with all of them fit, I, Quake Cooper worries me. I'm not sure he's the answer for next year. He's the oldest player in the squad. I think he's 34. I don't believe that he's our World Cup fly half. And if he's not our World Cup fly half, honestly, I would rather not ever see him again in a world of his jersey. Because and I'm saying that. You're
0: staying, you know, you bring him on late to finish off a game.
1: No, I don't want that. Um, I would just rather James O'Connor have eighty minutes or no. I, I,
0: I mean, I do agree, I, and I it love it.
1: how good Quake Cooper was last year. But I just think if he's not our starter at the World Cup, I don't want him in the squad other than to coach. One and one caveat on him: he was good, but he had some Caribbean. Yeah, exactly, and that's what we're going to find out this year because we're going to have James O'Connor at ten.
0: Yeah, look, I I, I totally agree. I, I for me, it's James O'Connor to start. I. Loved Quaid Cooper last year. Throughout his good performances last year, I thought he was settled and stable. I didn't think he was anything special. He was settled and stable when he had Karevi outside. And and, and for that reason, at the age he is, I don't think he needs caps between now and the World Cup. If he's going to be able to do that role in the World Cup, if we need to rush him in last Mm -hmm. moment, I I
1: think we need to be developing. He's a guy who has an injury to one of the fire halves. You just rocket him straight in.
0: No matter how much he's played. Yeah, But Noah other you know, needs development time. We have other flyers that need development time. And thankfully, we have a show, hey, to yeah. do that now. But I, I, I like the idea of James' upon being this time. I agree with that. that. Yeah. Now, we jump across into the center pairing. And, I mean, although there's not a lot of caps between these guys, there is a, is a very, very solid dynamic pairing. And it's very exciting for me to see this amount of talent that we've got in the centres. We've got Samu Kurevi, we've got Hunter Paisami, we've got Lenny Ikatao, and we've got Isaiah Isaiah Parisi. Now, this has chopped and changed for me throughout the year and and over the last 12 months, but who is your centre pairing?
1: Well, first of all, Samu Kurevi is his inside centre because he was. I think he played five tests last year and he was nominated for World Player of the Year. Yep. Like he, <laughs> played, he played five tests, <laughs> and, and he, he was, was that good. He was hands and head and shoulders above every other player for those five tests. Yeah. If he played all year, I think he would have won. Okay, I hands down. And I, I know there's some exceptional French players, but man, he was he was double. Absolutely outrageous how good he was. So he's my inside center every single day of the week. He plays eighty minutes for the rest of his life. <clears throat> And then that means that you got three men: Paisami, ikatao, Parisi. Now I'm not convinced that Ikatao is in as good form. He is. I'm not. In, I'm not convinced that his defense is as good this year as he it was isn't. last year. And then he doesn't offer the same attacking threat as the other two. Parisi still makes too many errors, so I'm going to put him on my bench. Yep. And I'm going to start with Hunter Paisami, who, despite being a little quiet in the back half of the season, I think that was a lot to do with the fact that the Reds lost their way. I think he offers the right balance of skills hard running and can get out of the line and shut down some play and make good defensive reads. And he's not the same player he was a year or two ago where he shot out and let the ball get past him a lot. Yeah. Normally when he shoots out, he picks the right call and uh, he shuts the play off. So he's my outside centre this year, which yeah, feels look- like blasphemy <clears throat> 12 months ago, Harry Dale. Yeah, no, look, I I actually had a breakdown of Paisami, you can
0: tell, and Parisi um, a few months back, weighing up attack and defence. I can't remember the stats, so... Uh, Unfortunately, I I could look him up if you want to give me some time. But basically, you looked at Paisami if you wanted attack, Ikedao if you want a defence, or Parisi if you want an all-around player because he was better than the other two in their weak points but maybe not as good in their strong points. So Isaiah Parisi this year hasn't been as good as he had in the past, influential as he hadn't, you know, last season maybe ball in hand, but he'd still been very, very good, very, very dominant with ball in hand, giving others opportunities. Also, in defence, I think he has been better than he has in the past. Mm. He he defensively was actually better than Paisami. Offensively, he was better than
1: Iketel. Yeah, I just think he turned over a lot of ball. Did you have the stats on turnovers when you did that? But I, I thought he turned over <coughs> a lot of ball comparatively. I could look it up. Go on. You, you you worked that out in the meantime. I'll go through the outside backs. Because let's be honest, Parisi on the bench could also play in that position. Um, you've got Marika Korobeti, who we're both going to put on left wing. I'm not even going to ask you. Uh, then you've got Tom Banks, Jordan Bataya, Andrew Kellaway, Tom Wright, and Suliasi Funavalu. Fuvavalu, they're talking about having him in the camp so he can develop faster. So I don't think that he's a real chance for Test one at all. Which means that you're then deciding between Banks, Bataya, Kelloway, and Wright for two positions. Now I've been critical critical of the Brumbies two players there and. Uh, and how they go about their work, I don't think Pataille are a starter yet. So one of them are going to get a run and then Kellaway is going to be on your right wing. So I think it's probably going to be – it's more likely to be Banks at fullback, Kellaway on the right wing than it is Kellaway at fullback with Tom Wright. Sorry. It's more likely to be Banks at fullback with Andrew Kellaway on the right wing than it is with Kellaway at fullback and Tom Wright on the right wing. So I'm going to go with that. Banks, Kellaway and Murray and betty
0: I've got the stat for you. Yep. the average between the three outside centres, zero balls turned over throughout the year. The most between those three outside centres, zero turnovers
1: throughout the year. Apparently, from no, start. that's yes, that's that's not right. It's the stats, but let yeah, but I, I'm putting this down about, to the the stats that Ultimate Rugby shows yep. does not accurately show. That's fine. So I'm, I'm not saying I'm that, not but I mean that in the slightest.
0: He's definitely lost some ball, but Iketao, eighty-four percent tackling. Yeah. Parisi, 80% tackling. Paisami, 66% tackling. He did miss a lot of tackles throughout the year. Wow. So that for me, I mean, if you need the punch and attack, but you don't want to be uh, a You can't or, be. Not an yeah.
1: outsider, you can't be. So I mean, you, you're trying to convince me again that it's a attack. I'm
0: convincing him it's
1: Parisi, mate. Well, I guess, look, if you want him to be a starter of the World Cup, he's got to start now. That's the truth.
0: I don't know who I want to be this start of the World Cup. I'm talking about on form currently. Right. Ikatao has been quieter. Parisi has been very good in at attack, but he's also been good at defense. Ikadow's been quiet in attack. So I mean, he's the winner for me, Parisi. And you know, I I can see him coming off the bench, sure. But he needs to have some good game time and given the chance to earn himself a start in this English series.
1: Yeah, look, I I definitely see it, but I think it's a very close call. Let's uh, let's just give a, another shout-out to Rev for this, shout, yep. uh, this sheet that he put out as well. It's the least cap, most cap from the preferred <clears> 15. <throat> I think he's basically got the team that we said. Yeah. He has Ikatau at 13 um, rather than Paisami, so we've got an extra cap, cap, couple of caps there, or Parisi for yourself, so there's 11 caps less there. But we're looking at about 460 caps for the side, which I think a year out from the World Cup's not too bad. You've got another, I don't know, 100 caps to put in before then, call it 560. I think that's all right. It's not bad.
0: Like, it, it really isn't bad. And, look, at that's that's including Pariki as your starting hooker. And, and Pariki's my starting hooker now. But it doesn't mean we don't see a Phil Alfaenga. And we're not saying
1: Slipper starting with his 114 as well. So there's an extra 98 caps over Bell as well. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot there. Alan Alatoa's got an extra... 15 on uh, on Taniola Tupa. I really thought he had more than that difference. Yeah. It's, <laughs> amazing. Amazing. it's not that many. Anyway, I, I think there's a great stat there if you're looking online, um, but that's gist of it. the least cap players that we can put yeah. out. Rev shows is 100 caps. If we put all the youngest players on, if we put the most cap team out, we can put 629 on the park, but he's the preferred side, which is very similar to what we said is four sixty three.
0: Yep. Look, I mean, Follow Rugby Fixation and check out his stuff. And you'll see this,
1: all the stuff he puts up.
0: This, I mean, I I do love to see the least most capped and this preferred 15. They, mm. They're talking about Rugby World Cups, you know. Uh, there, is like 700 caps yeah, You need yeah. 700 caps. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, we have it if we put a most capped team on. Mm. We will have it for next year. You know, the, between the caps that we're going to add on between now and then, 14 matches between 15 people will easily get that covered. So mm. it, it just depends on who... Excels throughout this next 12 months to, to get themselves a, a shot at the Rugby World Cup. Yeah, for
1: sure. Let's um let's not worry about Jose. We'll talk about that next week. So let's go to the all black squad to finish off the last thing we have. Oh, you're choosing me again. I know that I'm in the grand final and else, but
0: you pointed at the one. <laughs> it's not on camera. <laughs> no, I don't anymore. Thanks. I gotta drive. Yeah, look, let's jump across into this Crusader, Crusaders, sorry, Crusaders, it's almost Crusaders, this all-black side. <laughs> um, we'll jump across into the forwards to start off with three hookers in this squad, Coles, Taylor, and Talkeahou. Do you think there's anyone that's missing there? And, and who's your starter?
1: I mean, the obvious one is the question mark over Dane Coles. Tyrell, uh, sorry, Asafa Amua is the other player I think as a England? young player should be there. and I don't Man,
0: he's been good. I just
1: don't know. I don't think he offers enough for test level, and I don't think he's a big enough body. So, no, I probably wouldn't pick him, to be honest with you. Um, big work rate, big engine, good super rugby player. I'm just not sure he's well He's of definitely those, but... He's definitely not a starting all-black. No, Paul's to me, not. he's the perfect example of a fantastic super rugby player that won't play for the All bikes ever. And we've been raving about him on we this love show him. for three years. Yeah, we love him. Even when he wasn't getting enough games. So, let's words. be honest,
0: Cody Taylor starting. Who is your bench hooker out of Coles and Takiyama? Takiyama.
1: Yeah? Yeah, 100%. Coles is... Coles is... Coles is dull deuced. On the slide. Yeah, this I, think, slide. I think so. Fantastic player. Jesus Christ, he's had a good year. But if, uh, a good season, a good career.
0: If we look across the props, we've got Bauer. Laulala, we've got the uncapped Ross, Ta'aveau, Kwafi,
1: and to Ta'umafasi. Yeah, so loose heads, you got Bauer, Ross and Tu'inukwafi. They said that Ethan De Groot was left out of this because he wasn't fit enough. He didn't hit some of his benchmarks there. So I assume that he's going to come back in and be a very good chance to start for the All Blacks in the rugby championships, but he ain't playing against Ireland. I think they just need him to work on a few things before that happens. Moody, of course, is out for the year with a long-term injury. So I, don't know, I think otherwise he's probably their best loosehead prop. And this is just exposed where they're weak to me. Aiden Ross, I think, had a really good year. Um, but, mate, Bauer, Ross and Tuinokwafé, tu- I think they're down on looseheads. I think they're going to start Bauer, and I think they're going to have Tuinokwafé on the bench. It's not great. That no, sucks. No, it doesn't suck, but it's pretty weak. It's pretty average. Yeah. On the uh, tight head side, you've got Nipo La La La. You've got uh, Angus Ta'Avao and Offa T'Ulga Fase. Again, I think this is going to be the Blues double Nipo and Offer. Yeah. I think the only thing that might stop it is if Offa's lost too much confidence in this scrum and the selectors don't want to be exposed there against the likes of the Irish pack, which are, you know, very, very solid. Um, can, I, can I just but, put out a weird thing on this graphic? Can everybody else see this? Yeah, as long as they're on YouTube.
0: Why does "offer to Umifasi not have an yeah. the apostrophe
1: there? I, I I don't understand that. I thought the same thing immediately when I look at this. "Tut has the apostrophe, and a vowel has, has it. As they well.
0: all get like,
1: it. Yeah, I, look, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe this is rugby. Did the rugby come out? You do this again? I don't think so. This no, is I know it's. I know it's. I was, it was a dig. <laughs> all right. Thanks for getting my joke. Dig um, the kiwis. Dig the kiwis. Um, like... Sorry. Okay. All blacks. Got no idea how to spell their own names. Though. Yeah. They're really easy names to spell too. Um, Look, do you want to roll it out? I'll keep asking you about the forwards
0: and, and you can ask yeah, me about yeah, yeah. So in, in the locks, we've got Scott Barrett, Josh Lord, we've got Brody Retallick, Tupavai, and Samuel Whitelock. It's tough. So who, who are your two starters and who do you take on the bench?
1: Wow. This is harder than I thought. I'll, I'll tell you what, I can tell you first and foremost, Brody Retallick's not starting for me. I don't think he's there just yet. You might okay. give him some time off the bench. Sam Whitelock's another one. I just think he's probably on the downhill, and I don't think he's my my starter for the World
0: Two big names today, very starting side.
1: Sure is, mate. I'm gonna go. Jeez, especially when I wow. don't, I don't normally love <laughs> Scott Barrett either. So what am I doing here? What it's Lord and (laughs) Vaite. Can we bring Akoi in as well? (laughs) It's (laughs) definitely not Lord and Vaite. I'll tell you what, I will start Tupac Vaite on the five jersey. I think he's had a fantastic year, and I think he's probably their best lock next year in the World Cup. And I'm going to put – I'm going to start Brody, and I'm going to have Scott Barrett on the bench. That's what I'm going to do.
0: Okay. Yeah, I don't mind it.
1: I, I don't mind
0: working by in, and you, someone's going to take a miss and if it's Whitelock, it's Whitelock. Who, who have you got, you got? any changes? This is a contentious This thing. This is hard. Honestly, this, <laughs> yeah, really this is, is really hard. Uh, I, I think you've probably got the right. Uh, you've probably got the I've right i I've got three. an eye on
1: the World Cup when I make these solutions. You, you've got the right
0: three. I'm not a huge Doug Roll Scott Barrett fan. Yeah, except for the last
1: two weeks, man. All of a sudden, he's been fantastic. He's,
0: he's been good. And look, I
1: mean, more
0: than likely, it could be White Lock, Pritalik and Barrett. But I, I like Vai getting worked in. If they've got an eye to the future, he's the man they've got to be having into their 23. So, you know, there's a good chance he comes off the bench. I means Vitalik and White Lock and Vai coming off the bench, yep. if, I'm, if I'm honest. If we go to the back row, you've got Captain Sam Kane, that is Captain still, um, Akira Iwani, Dalton Papali'i, Adi Savea, Hoskins Satutu, and the uncapped Pitagas Suakula finally making the squad. I just don't know where to begin.
1: We we start. Have. Let's start with Sam Kane. Okay, that's a great place to begin. Yeah, I don't know where to begin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, oh, I think oh, we have been very vocal about. our thought Sam Kane fantastic, fantastic player. Yeah. We are not taking that away from him, and sometimes it sounds like that's not what we're saying. But we're talking about the All Blacks, who have been the benchmark of rugby in the professional era and probably the amateur era as well. They're an outrageous side. I don't think he's anywhere near the starter here. To me, Dalton Papaliti is the form open side. He is very clearly the best number seven in the country at the moment and should be starting. And if it's not him, I'm moving Artie Sevier to seven. I don't care that he's been playing for eight for that long. Sam Kane is not in the form. That he deserves to be there. I'm waiting for him to do anything at super rugby level in an important game that says that he deserves it
0: other than just make tackles. Yeah. He makes tackles. But he's
1: but his tackle percentage isn't as high as the others anyway.
0: He makes a lot of tackles.
1: It doesn't matter mate. His tackle percentage is lower than Dalton Papali'i who's his competition. <laughs> so if he's making less tackles and more errors. If, if, if we
0: look at this, so Dalton Papali'i makes a tackle every 5.27 minutes. Mm-hmm. Sam Kane, his strength, makes a tackle every 6.54 if we go so, so less tackles, less yep. tackles. D- Dalton Lee's strength definitely. We would say over Kane is is running the ball.
1: Sure, yeah.
0: He makes a run every seventeen point oh nine minutes. Yeah. Kane makes a run every twelve point one four minutes. Yeah, but makes more, know. but less, far less dynamic. Yeah, I don't
1: really care about that. Similar minutes, team and... similar minutes.
0: Papaleti seventeen tackle yeah. busts. Kane six tackle busts.
1: Yeah, talking jeez.
0: Huge, huge difference. Yeah. Right. So, uh, look for, for me that if if we're arguing Sam Kane's strength is tackles, he doesn't make as many
1: tackles. What are their tackle percentages? That's what I want to know. It's not coming up. That's our, our our issue in this app. Right. Okay. Well, if we while well, we can't find that, I'll we'll keep pushing on. Um, I'm going to say very boring Akira six, Artie Severe at eight, Hoskins. I actually. Kinda want Hoskins on the bench and not Sam Kane, but it's not going to happen. What it, What's going to happen is Dalton Pupulie is going to be on the bench because he covers six, seven, eight. Yeah. And so so yeah, if, if you have your starting back yeah. row, what's your starting back row? If you had to pick six, Akira, seven, Dalton, eight, Artie. Yeah. Oh I man, exact same. Cool. And Peter Gus, I actually genuinely think he was the best loose forward in the first half of the comp. And out of that list, he's arguably the worst. He's very close to Sam Kane. Like he has not had a good back He, he really fed away. He yeah. fed away. And when you've got the likes of Luke Jacobson not making the team, <clears throat> Shannon Frizzell not making the team, I think he needed to be much better in the second half of the team at his age to warrant a selection into the All Blacks. Yeah. So love Peter Gus. Surprise he's there, to be honest with you. I don't think he'll get a game unless that they're up 2-0. If they're up 2-0, they might just cap him so he doesn't end up playing against them and destroying them in a World Cup game. Um <laughs> Bax, Nelson, Finlay Christie, Falao, Fakatava, Aaron Smith. There is no Brad Webber. There is no TJ Perinara. What's your team?
0: Uh, look, there's going to be a lot of unhappy people with what I say. Uh, I honestly think on form and form alone, Finlay Christie is probably the starter for me. I think Philal Fakatava has shown he's clearly the man to come off the bench in terms of how dynamic he can be and, and exciting he can be. You can play an Aaron Smith for 60, 70 minutes. You can throw a Fakatawa, Fakatawa on. You could probably do the same for Finlay Christie. So for me, I, I think if you want to have a guy getting some experience, playing and leading into the World Cup next year, you've fought Falau Fakatawa to be eligible for the All Blacks. He is the man that's clearly on the bench for me. Oh, I think Christie's been more in form and more, you know, in control of match than Aaron Smith. But I don't think he can start anyone over Aaron Smith. So Aaron Smith starts. <laughs> just, no, 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 no. I said I think the most in form right. halfback is Phil uh, okay. Finlay with Christie. Him, him, yeah. But Aaron Smith has to start. Yeah, it's, more, it's Aaron Smith to
1: start. Yeah, him. I mean, he, he has to.
0: Me. Because
1: even though he is not in the love, form. They've even said they couldn't pick. Brad Weber as well because they they could only pick two or three out of Aaron Smith, Finlay Christie, Brad Weber because they didn't want three life like halfbacks. Yep. and then they had to pick between TJ Perenara and Aaron Flau Fakatava as the dominant kind of it's running Fakatava, and it's Fakatava for that role. And and I get it, I, I think that's okay. So I've got Aaron Smith Fakatava on the bench as well. So you've said the same. As- Yes, yeah. except I'm not going to talk up Finlay Christie as much as you did. Um I like him. I really like him. I don't mind him, but I just think he might be giving more given more raps because of how the blues are going rather than how good he is. I think he's solid without being exceptional. He's got the Bryn Hall effect in my head. Bryn Hall just starts for the Crusaders, okay. so it means I, that he's good. Yeah, that's probably But he never actually does No, that I do really like him. I really like I think him, he's man. probably better than Hall. Yeah, he's um, not really okay. Fly halves. Bodie Barrett, Richie Moe, Stephen Per franchise, Peter. I win a new uh short like fun name for him for the for
0: not gonna get a uh phenomenal is per for not gonna be in the 23. Um <laughs> uh, look I, I really like him but look for, for me and this this is the, probably the most contentious position um in, in terms of their entire 23 hmm. but it's Molner Richie Mulner has done enough for me over the last few years to be the starter Bowden Barrett offers a 10 slash 15 role and is brilliant off those two roles you could start either of these and have like we were talking about yes world-class centers for the These and (laughs) you aren't happy about it this is two genuine world-class tens.
1: yeah 100 there is
0: no wrong answers between
1: these two there is because richie moe is the wrong answer but no it's the correct answer and he's world player of the year at 10 they started shifting to fullback and then he has been out of the picture for world player of the year all of a sudden he starts playing a full season at 10. And how good is he at the blues? All of a sudden we're saying once again. Few, well, the last he's few weeks he has been above mate, he's been a He's been amazing he has, all year. has barely played a game this year, mate. They've been wrestling all year. Yeah,
0: very silly. I agree. But I'm I'm basing this off the last couple of years, not just this year. But yeah, I agree. On on current form, it's got to be Barrett and the fact that he's got the, the history he does. Mm. But I walked into this selection going, I wanted more or 12 months ago, and I want more than this
1: week. Because I've changed. I've changed. I, I I think that Bodie Barrett's starting he doesn't change our mind. I don't care, man. Who it kicks for you? Geordie Barrett. But Geordie Barrett on your wing. I don't care where he is, <laughs> man. Anyway, let's kick, let's get there. Senators, good you. Jack, not Josh playing in the Senators. David Havilli, not playing at fullback. Rico Iwani, not playing at wing. Roger Tuavasa not playing for rugby league. And Quinta Topaya. <laughs> this is tough. How you got? I mean, my outside centre is Rico. you want it? Done, I agree. Lock him in. He's,
0: he's one of the first picks in this entire squad. Yep. The inside centre is tough. Uh, look, has Roger Do We're to... going I just go
1: name in the hat and pick one out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You're playing this week. Roger Tuovasashek, has he done enough to start? He's been very good. I, I don't think he's a starter week one. I, I think you've got to bring him off the bench, give him a chance to... to show that he can do it at this level, so I, I probably wouldn't be picking him to start. Josh uh, Jack Goodhue too slow at the moment. Hasn't really shown he's back to his best at the moment. Pai has been very good, but I'm just going to have to go David Havili. David Avili, and I can see it in your eyes. I don't think you agree, but David Havili Enrico Rico probably
1: would be my starting center pick. I like it. I, I, uh, I'm going to put Avili on the bench, and I'm going to start Roger Tuovas Vasek.
0: You, with something I've said all year,
1: and I've changed my mind because I don't think he's there yet, and you're doing that. Yeah, 100%. He's been good. You know why? Because not only has he been fantastic in that quarterfinal where I think we finally saw the best of him, Yeah. but I think he's just solid for his entire game. And the other thing is I've got Bodie Barrett at 10, Yeah. two of us check at 12, and Rico Yohan at 13, and Caleb Clark probably on the left wing, spoiler alert. So... I just think that the cohesion of that back line is so bloody good and just let them keep playing together. I and, know. I'm think, again, I'm thinking, who's my 12 at the World Cup? We know it the is. problem with Avili, and the problem with Avili is he's not dominant enough in contact to be an international 12. I again, think two last well, check has the better ability to get we're through not, contact and get over the ad line.
0: So the the thing there is
1: we're not picking
0: no, I am. next year. I'm
1: picking my team for first test this year with an eye on the World Cup.
0: And that's what I'm doing. And that's why I said Roger Twovast to check to work his way into this starting So I would. I, be, I just disagree. I'm just starting. No, so that's all uh, right. I, I, I could. I can see him starting. And I, I've talked him up. Or I talked him up before we saw him take the field. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Roger Twovast check. I don't know if he's done enough in the eyes of the selectors to start game one. It could be game two. It could be game three. But I think someone has to be that inside centre role. For me, it seems odd to go Quintupire. You get game one, but then we're going to give Roger to, us to check the next couple. So that's why. But well, gone... that's the thing.
1: Rogers also never going to be on the bench. He plays twelve or rugby league. Like he's not. He's not on the bench. You're not becoming I mean, a specialist uh, at 12. the moment.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't think he has to be switched so as twelve. But we haven't seen him in rugby. He is, union. Mate. You're
1: not putting this guy that's alone in rugby union. No, position. I think
0: at the moment, I'm saying I don't think he has to be on, on his skill base. Yeah. But in terms of what he's what he's been able to do, I, I agree. Yeah. He needs he needs to have that that time in, in twelve, and that's where he's at. Yeah. But look, I, I think Avili probably game
1: one into a game two. Taken I like over. It. Yeah, I don't mind that either, to be honest, but I'm going to go RTL. <coughs> Outside backs, let's finish off Geordie Barrett, Caleb Clark, Lester Fanger, Anuku, Will Jordan, and Sebu Reese. There's one name that has to start, and that's Will Jordan, and that's a fullback for me. Wow. Yep.
0: He is too good to not be their starting fullback.
1: I just, look, I I'm th- just moving into the bench, mate. Like, yeah. Sorry, to the wing. He's so uh, awesome. Look,
0: I, I think that's what will happen. But Will Jordan is out and out the best player in that back five. Hmm. So if you need Jordan, Jordy Barrett there to kick, you need Jordan Barrett there, Jordy Barrett there for other things. Well, tell me, tell me the rest of your back one and then we'll discuss. Sadly, Jordy Barrett's not the winger that we, we <laughs> to, to, to complete this argument. Sure. But look, it, it's Caleb Clark versus Fanganuku versus Severice for one spot. Um, so who's on the other wing? It's not Jordy Barrett,
1: is it? So who is it? So there's two spots then. Well, if if I'm picking, yeah, you told me your team. Oh. This is the this is the exercise at the last position. Of the are we exercise, picking what thinking what I'm going to pick, or what do yes, you think the All Blacks going to pick? What, pick what you want, mate. Jordy Barrett's on the bench. Okay, and then yeah. who's your starting <laughs> winners? You've got winger we'll fullback. You have got Leicester
0: Faijanu. He's done enough to take one for me. Not experience. I'm just going
1: off. That and team that's team. after you roasted him last week for his two tries he let in. Correct. came Park <laughs> <and> seven <Semibre's laughs> two weeks. I, I want to go back to the boots.
0: Um <laughs> Clearly. No. Uh, look, you have to start Johnny Barrett fullback. And it's Will Jordan on one oh, wing. Oh, wow. And it's... Will Jordan on the wing now. Yeah. No, I'm saying this is what it should be. <laughs> I just want him to be fullback. like. <laughs> Like, if I pick him first, where he deserves to be, it's fullback, right. then I'm feeling the wings. But if we have to make the best three out of this, he has to be wings, sadly. All right, okay. Um, but he has to play. And he's on the left wing? <laughs> he can't be the guy that can't defend. <laughs> um, at the moment, it's probably several recently. Probably at the moment, we haven't seen Kyle Clark for a while. He hasn't been, he, you know, missed a little last year. Severis um, has found his way back into to some of the form we've seen him in the past. So, Kevin Clark, can I, can I interject?
1: No, mate, no. because you you've said your piece. Let me interject. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my preferred team, which I know will not happen, is Jordy Barrett at twelve, Bodie at ten, Jordy not, at twelve. He's not there, Mate, He is. He's bloody good at inside center. He's a giant human. He has the kicking game to complement Bowden. And he's an, um, an, an absolute adonis of a human in D and attack. But he is their 12. Long term, if you want the best team, you've got Bodie at 10, Geordie at 12. Let them run around together. We've been talking about this for like five years. Yeah, it's probably. That's, just, that's just the best team there is. I just don't think He was think playing I can... at a crap Hurricanes back one. He's yeah. still freaking amazing at 12. No, look. But... You put him in the All Blacks and he will be unbelievable. And that fixes your problem. Will Jordan goes to fullback? And then you can put, I would put Caleb Clark and several reasons my 2 Yeah. But I know that's not going to happen because no. I know the All Blacks coaching staff have been interviewed about this. And he says, look, I guess it's one of the cases where the Super Rugby side and the All Blacks team doesn't see him in the same position. So he said, oh, you know, Geordie, if you're going to play 12, then you better be bloody good at it because there's a lot of competition. I think he is, but <laughs> that's not the point. I think there's no way in hell they're going to play him at 12 because yeah, that's no basically worries. what they've shown. And it's just another reason why I think Foster's and nufty. And uh, no, I shouldn't say that, I would love to talk to him. But he, I, I, that's why I think he's not the best all blacks coach option that there is. Yep, that's fair. Um I would pick Caleb Clark at 11, Will Jordan 14, and Jordy back at 15. Has Caleb Clark, he's been very good this
0: year. He's he's not playing at the moment through injury. Uh, yeah, no, I mean I don't yeah, no, him. He
1: was he left last year to play sevens and, and took a slow start to get back into seven. Oh four man, this he was year. fantastic in the middle of this year. And then Look, A month ago we said fine. You know, I, like I would be saying just reliability and D and Reese is a right winger mate, to me. He's not a left winger.
0: A week ago, before our pod, you thought he it wasn't his fault in terms of those defensive and rates. And then I pointed to you. And then I yeah, learned. No, I taught you. So that like could that be a one off? I don't. I don't assess it that much every week. Is is he always that big a liability?
1: No, or, look, I, I say saying slow good. Even, even without that, I would still put Caleb Clark above him. Yeah. I actually think Caleb Clark was the breakthrough player of the year a couple of years ago. Two years. He's 10. unbelievable as a player. I think he's better than Lester Banger and Rico, hands down. So if he's fit and healthy at 100%, I'm picking Caleb Clark. It's probably fair. Good. I'm glad I'm glad we agree. All right. Uh any can I
0: point out the one thing out of this? Yeah. Most years we talk about the All Blacks, we would be Locked on, 99% the same. No. I reckon we would be very similar. The problem is always the fact that they have way too many no, players. No, no. The problem is they've had too many play- talented players, but they have stuck with consistency, and that is what's made them so good. The same guys have played week in, week out for years on end, and that is what's made them so good. They haven't just rushed... You know, the hot new thing, the shiny new player into positions. That's not what they've done. But at the moment, we generally don't
1: know in a lot of these positions who they're gonna pick. Yeah, uh, look, I I think they will. I could tell you, I reckon with third within two players. Will you pick more games. than what the Wallabies would? Like For game more? one. Are you gonna
0: get them more correct than the Wallabies? No, I think both proved pretty similar. Let's write it down
1: and let's count game one, the starter's bar injury. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who it's gonna be. It's gonna be George Barrett at one, Cody Teller at two, Napo Lalar at three. It's going to be Brady Ritalik and Sam Whitelock in the locks. That's not what you said. You said Vine. I'm saying who they're going to pick. Yeah. Akira Ioani at six, Sam Kane at seven, and, and Artie Sevilla at eight. It's going to be Aaron Smith at nine. It's going to be Bowden Barrett at 10. It's going to be 12, will be David Avili. 13 will be Rico Yuani. <clears throat> Left wing will be Caleb Clark. Right wing will be Raul Jordan. And 15 be will be Jordy Barrett. I reckon that's what they'll So do I. There you go. But that's not who they should pick, and if they do pick it,
0: I think that's not necessarily the best thing
1: for them either. Yeah, I agree, man. but we, we've discussed what we think, so let's let's push on. So I, I would just mention that Joe Moody, we mentioned, is injured and gone for the year. Ethan Black out of the same, having, I believe, a shoulder operation and Anton Brown. He could be back in October, but injured for now, so another fantastic centre option there, but just hasn't had the form, sadly. So I think he's going to be tough to push back in when they have got so much conjecture around what's going on there. Also, Damian McKenzie, Patrick Turpelotu as well. Both of them those guys have to play for their club size before they're eligible. So I guess that means that they may come into um options for to be picked for rugby for the rugby championship. And I'll tell you what, Patrick Torpelotto, man, he's my starter.
0: He probably walked into that. Sunset, I reckon
1: he's mate. my favorite lock out of all of them.
0: He probably is. And he's at
1: the peak of his career. By the time he left, he he's was a leader. He was he physical. Peter. Yeah. So anyway, I think he's going to be a huge in for them. And sadly, Josh Lord will just have to wait a few more years, but I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, and Damien McKenzie, man, he's a utility on the bench. He's still freaking amazing. It just depends do on the Do you carry him over a
0: Mourner, though,
1: though? Well, yes. let, let's not. Yes, I would over uh, 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 I Mourner, mean, uh, shift you know. You
0: shift Bodie Barrett to 15. or you shift. It, it, do, it does depend
1: on the makeup of the whole 23. No, so we won't going to that. It's too, too far. Honey. You <laughs> don't do that. Um, I I think that's the gist of it. Enor not there, Bridge not there. I think we all expected that. Um, We mentioned all the other players other than Tyrell Lomax, but I don't believe he was ever there in my head. So I I think that's about the gist of where we're at with these sides. And I think we've picked the starting side for the Wallabies and the starting side for the All Blacks. It looks like... You and I are going to put our starting teams down for test one, and then you can make a beautiful graphic, and then we can see how right or wrong we are. Man, I've made that graphic, and it's correct, and it's 100% correct, and I put it up today. Right. So, no reason for me to do it because I'm just. Nah, I mean, I picked the Wallabies line up weeks ago. I think I put that up, Yeah, right. Yeah, turn it up. So, good luck next. Oh, Jesus, this is uncomfortable. Sorry, man. I was going to say good luck in fantasy footy this weekend.
0: No, it's good. Look, I mean, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm happy you're there. Look, oh, thank you. I mean, after such a terrible year last year, you didn't even make the finals. Uh, yeah, I'm no, happy that you... have Yeah, not, not good enough. It's first loser. Um, I'm happy that I'm you're, you're you. back in the finals. And, I mean, good luck to Kagi. He got lucky in the last two weeks. So, I mean, hopefully he doesn't get lucky and, and takes down another Dale.
1: Thank you. I, pr- I appreciate the support. And the Dale will hold the trophy aloft, no doubt. And, uh, everyone, thank you for listening. Next week, we will debrief the final, obviously. Do you reckon going to be sick again? Depends on the result. Yeah, definitely depends on the result. And um, I think I'm 2-0 up on him, aren't I, as well? Nah, I think you're one apiece. Well, I better win then. Um, and then uh, we can debrief how I beat Cargi, And also, I think we're going to talk about the Australia race sides and what's to come. Yep, great. And um, we got some we, – we're going to do some guest podcasts after that. We're working on some fun stuff from oh, yeah. the back of that.
0: We'll get some good ones.
1: So plenty to look forward to. Make sure you check out this episode on YouTube if you're listening online. There's uh, there's some fun graphics and detail there, which I think adds some depth. And, Nels, you've got your Fantasy 15 in the background. You're going to have your – three fantasy you're about to release the second pick for the semi-finals, yep. be and then one. next week we get the the entire fantasy royalty for the finals as well so we see the trio
0: who was the pick who was the man of the match round one uh bodie yeah, he's the man of the yeah, match. yeah yeah i <laughs> we, we use the thing. same bodie photo just uh no i think you need, need to keep a different, unity. No, need a different just keep the unity between i them.
1: reckon you need one of him in a blues jersey one in a hurricane jersey and then if he wins this this week it's all Lacks jersey I don't mind it. I don't mind. All right. Thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Hooroo.